to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. It's like no television show you've ever seen, and similar to every podcast you've ever listened to. I am your host of the evening, Mike Gravano. Thank you so much for being here, one and all. Let me introduce my co-host, my bosom pal. Right, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's different. What we're not doing, though, is the OC Minute, and I think that's cool. We oh. could have we could have done minute by minute. Minute by minute? Yeah. Nobody wants that. It is, it's the only show on TV that would be able to do that. We could fill a minute with... Wait, how long are the po- is each podcast episode? Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. So we, I think we could talk two minutes on every double minute the length? of the OC. We're already trying to double the length an episode. The problem is what happens when in that minute is a bunch of like shots of surfers. What do we do? Talk about grinding the narnar. Oh, we would use all of our surfer lingo, like grinding the narnar. Do you glean the cube? Yes. Only if you're skateboarding in the ocean. And then you drown. You're, you're going to die if you do that. What is the cube that they speak of? Oh, with gleaming the cube? Yeah. The skateboarding term? Yes. I'm glad you came to me. You're uh, first and foremost skateboard knowledgeist person. Is it a trick you can only do in Saudi Arabia? There's that big black cube in Mecca? Do you glean that cube on your skateboard? Tony Hawk's secret level? All right, I understand. We all pulled from a hat, and you pulled, I have to make one bit tonight about the big Saudi Arabian cube. So I'm glad you got it out of the way. Look, you thought I was going to sit all night with that on my chest? You burn through trash as quick as possible, and that's how you heat your house in the winter, Mike, my dad said to me when I was five years old. Okay, well, I pulled out of the hat, make fun of how Mike's dad heated the house. So you're going to take all of the things? I was setting you up. We bought a $1,200 top hat to put suggestions in for bits of the night. And then when we are out of bits, we get to wear that hat together. Oh, I don't know, dude. I think it would be pretty funny if we're not out of bits. The bits are still in there, and then you put it on. That's going to kill the audience. Some of the bits are bits of glass, so it might also kill us. Yeah, let's just write on paper from now on. Although Uh, glass, that's how they make paper. Right? Yeah, you burn glass. You burn glass. So you start with sand. Mm -hmm. You turn that into glass by landing a UFO on it. You grind that between your fingertips, spit on it, lay it out softly, the sun burns, paper. Who knew that sand would be responsible for all of the things that we have? You just put sand into different machines, and it gives us all of our goods and services. Yeah, suck on that, Elon Musk. What, does he want to uh, destroy sand? Yeah. He is Dr. Doom. For so long, people were like, oh, he's Tony Stark. No, he's not. You know who else invents a bunch of things? Dr. Doom. Oh, Dr. Oh, Doom. fuck, okay. I did that wrong. Yeah. I, I laid it out there. Do you think that somebody, and it's probably you, will take this analogy? I don't even think that you think Is it's it an, an analogy? analogy. I think that you think he's actually from Latveria. But yes. do you think somebody's going to take it far enough to Ryan, throw the acid in the face and make it so he has to wear a metal mask? Well, first, you got to start, you just get like a little droplet of acid, just like on the cheek. And then his vanity and Grimes' rolls of eyes of disgust makes him have to get the metal mask. That be cool. burns his face. Uh, how about how about acid mascara? Ooh! And then you show him a real sad film, and then he he does it to himself. It's it's so we tell him guyliner's back. He wears that, and he he it and doesn't turn all, into acid until it he cries. Right. Elon Musk is the kind of guy where if you run by on your skateboard, you're about to go gleam the cube. Oh, you're not you're there yet, the and you just scream as you ride by. Uh, guyliner's back. He's going to believe you. That's the kind of yeah. guy he is. He is so afraid of being behind the times that he, he rushes to problems, even if they're not, have to be solved yet. If he does cover his face with acid from Guyliner, which mm-hmm. I, I say if, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a win. You know win, he'll do it. Um, and then has to wear a metal plate on his face. Does he change his name to Elon Musk? Yes. Legally, he has to. So, But it, it's, he's not going to change it to Dr. Doom. He's going to no. g- change it to Elon Musk. He, he's afraid the that's too derivative. Doom. And Noah Hawley will have a real finger to say to him if he oh. changes to Dr. Doom. You've met a Hawley? I know a Hawley. You know a Hawley? I know a Hawley. I know a Hawley. That's crazy. Where'd you meet your Hawley? Uh, just down the street. Gleaming Cubes. I was just over there gleaming cubes. So don't tell me you don't know about cube gleaming when I all you do is seeing Hawley's gleam cubes. All I said was I don't know about big black boxes in Saudi Arabia. I know how to gleam a goddamn cube. You're a racist. I'm a racist because I mentioned another country. No, because you said I don't know. That's not okay, racist. That's true. Most races never utter the term, I don't know. They fucking don't. They, they, oh, they know. Oh, they know. I haven't met one, but I know. I know. They know. Everybody knows. Racists think that all people are the smartest people. 
Well, except for like black people and Mexican people. Yeah, I don't think racist Asian people. But racist people think that racist people are the smartest people. That's true. And they think that Sir, Elon I've not met you, but I heard you say a slur. You look pretty bright. They they think that Elon Musk mm-hmm. is smart. I don't know what racists think about Elon Musk. His name probably freaks them out. Wait, so you want to stand here and think of a racist thing to say about Elon Musk? No, 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 no. That's not saying, your game tonight? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, can I sound more like a motorcycle that can't get started? No, 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 no. Oh, that's lawnmower. You think you're a motorcycle guy? You're a lawnmower man. That's so hurtful. I've always thought I'm more of a flowers for Algernon boy. That's, I, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm going to back that one up. Tonight on the OC. D. After airlifting Marissa out of Tijuana, Julie blames Ryan even though he saved Marissa's life. This causes Julie to try and commit Marissa to a mental institution in San Diego. Ew against the will of pretty much fucking everybody. Meanwhile, Ryan tries to get into the Hill Society School Academy, and Kirsten meets Rachel, and she is not happy about it. Did I, uh, did I tell you about the time that I dropped my waffle on the beach of like the southernmost part of California? You did not. Uh, it was a real San Diego. I'm stopping. Nobody should hear that. When we are finally it was clear there was no one else around. We declared a national holiday, a chance to build it from the ground. ground. So Ryan, a lot happens in this episode. That's that. That can't be true, Mike, because the amount of things that happened in the last episode, where they go to Tijuana, they go to Tijuana, Tijuana, Mexico, Tijuana, Mexico. I'm not talking about Tijuana. You're uh, not talking about Oregon Tijuana, or Tijuana, Oregon, or Tijuana, Maine. Or Tijuana, Maine. Are we gonna do this for the rest of the show? Are I you gonna hope shadow not. me? Um, this Who is knows? Tijuana, this is Tijuana, Mexico. And then Marissa almost dies and everything with Jimmy. Like, it was a crazy episode. I have to assume that almost nothing happened in this episode. So much, because you know what happens after Marissa almost dies and all the things with Jimmy? Is that... You have to deal with the consequences of Marissa almost dying and all the things with Jimmy. Well, it's a TV show, so first of all, never deal with consequences. That's my motto. And second of all, I bet they do it really quick. And easy, like every other TV show does. Because this is just your average TV show, Mike, so I bet they didn't handle it at all. Ryan, this is the most goddamn dramatic school of day of school registration ever. The hell, you say? The hell, I say. It is. So, I'm to gather, I didn't watch this episode, I'm not a fan of the TV show, but uh, I'm to gather that Ryan lifted up Marissa in TJ. Yes, sir. And then said out loud or just seemed like he was talking to no one but he was actually talking to like his earpiece mm-hmm. uh send me the helicopter mm-hmm. send me the atwood chopper and it came and landed in tijuana in five seconds and, five, and then they flew four, her to the hospital three two yeah they made a big deal that Mar- marissa was airlift there's like, we had an airlift her out of tijuana that's a big ass city that probably has hospitals you fucking privileged assholes not according to where the oc cameras go as far as the OC cameras are concerned, there are no hospitals There's in Tijuana. parties or death alleys and nothing in between. Much like there are no cats in America, there are no hospitals in Tijuana. There's no more cats in America? No, and the streets are paved with cheese. Littered with dogs. With cheese? With cheese. There's just mice in America? Have you never seen the documentary in American Tale, Fievel Does Not Go West Yet, because that's the second movie? Oh, the 1.5 movie uh-huh. <laughs> in between? No, but I'm sure I'll see it someday out there. Are you sad that that Disney trend of making 1.5s and 2.5s went away? Kind of. They, there's so many times that they just Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. They're TV sequels. Isn't the Rock and Hobbs? The Rock and Hobbs sounds like a the cool Rock and bar Hobbs. to go to. But isn't that Rock and Hobbs? Uh, <laughs> Fast and the Furious Hobbs movie. And Shaw? Isn't that uh, like Fast Seven Point Five? Oh, it's in but it's. So we've seen the sequel to that already. No, I don't know. No, none of us have seen the movie yet, Mike. It's it's like a year away from coming out. I'm well, just you tapped in, buddy. That it's not Fast Nine, and it's it, it could it be it, Fast Eight Point Five. That's what I'm asking. Is it well, Fast Eight Point Five? So Fate came out. So you said Seven Point Five. So I thought maybe it took place a little before Eight. I like to pretend that Fate did not come out. Oh yeah, you're a Fate hater. I'm a Fate hater. 
So your 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 rankings, you think five, six, seven out of the eight movies, only three count in your head. Beyond reproach. Like three of the greatest movies that have ever happened. It's those three in Citizen Kane and Paddington Two. Those are the five movies that only exist in my head. Only they don't even exist. Okay, you're going a little bit Lewis Black on me. I need you to relax. And we're trying to be out here in the streets. What are you talking about? Every time That's I say stop doing something, then you attempt to do it, and then you would do it poorly. I think it was pretty great. Lewis Black is my neighbor, not the came comedian. Some asshole named Lewis Black. Did you move out? No. When you moved in? No. Oh, okay. Most Why? of the people move out if they get black neighbors. Do you want your do you want your EpiPen? <laughs> yeah, I, I need my bad joke, racist joke EpiPen in me. Right on that. Ryan is a hero. Saved Marissa. Seth and Summer are pretty useless. And you would think that Ryan would only get accolades. And not one single person gave him an accolade. But there's that, one person who gave him reverse accolades. When he tried to give an accolade to Marissa, who did nothing but almost die, Julie threw that accolade right in the trash. And Ryan took the time to print out a paper that said accolade. Take one accolade. And they're like, look, he's from Chino. He doesn't know what he's doing. He used a printer. We're all very proud of him. Ryan has a, let's, let, we're starting with Ryan. Ryan has a weird, he is leading, not leading, but he is a B character in Marissa's arc and a B character in his own. Or do you think he's going through his own adventures here? Well, that's a good question. I don't think that, I mean, he has this test to take and he has to get into school. The Hill Academy. Otherwise, Seth will throw a tantrum among the likes you have never seen before. Or else he has to go to Newport Beach Public School, which is disgusting, probably. And it's also an option for Seth to go to that same school. Yeah. And uh, he hates all the kids he's with. Why would he not go to that school? Seth should just go to that school. Yes. But instead, Ryan has to study for this test uh, because Dr. Kim. Dr. Kim. The leader of. The ball-busting leader of the Hill School. (laughs) The Harvard School, who has, I think, my favorite line of the episode. Uh, comes out, Seth says nothing, and she's like, Seth, always interesting. She hates that nerd. She fucking hates him. <laughs> well, the teachers are so mean to Seth because his mom is talking to them, and he goes, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, how was your summer? And the teachers and his mom just stop and look at him, and he goes, oh, Gavin? And Kirsten, who is, like, we are finding the best person that has ever existed, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't even, can't even say, like, can you talk to my son if he speaks to you? She's just like, yeah, I get it. It's fucking well, sad. Why would he go speak to them? I don't know. Does he really care about their summer? Ryan has to take this test. But he also is now this go-to guy. Uh-huh. Like, in Seth and Summer's life, and in Marissa's life, because Marissa has makes one phone call, and mm. she calls Ryan. He is this, like, uh, Navy SEAL. He's Ethan Hunt. Yeah. And so he comes in, and he does all of the stuff. And Seth and Summer are trying to figure out the mission at some point. Mm-hmm. And within 30 seconds, they're discussing, oh, we can't do this without Ryan. Which, their, their big fucking secret mission is, so, Marissa is hospitalized. Her mom's saying, San Diego. And she goes, no, thank you. And Jimmy goes, I don't think so. And then Julie goes, oh, okay, I hear what you guys are saying. Walks down the hall to the doctor who's institute they're trying to send her. And my husband and I decided she should go to San Diego. Well, Julie is evil. You're skipping a big part. Uh, Juku points at Marissa and says, San Diego. And Marissa says, oh, no, thank you. I enjoy my waffles sand-free. And Julie, on the books, hating wordplay. Fucking hates it. And that's how you can tell she's a villain. Everyone loves wordplay. Not people from Riverside. They hate wordplay, Ryan. They don't know words. Wordplay Ryan is not the worst nickname for you. That's true. If he's Ethan Hunt Ryan, you are Wordplay Ryan. Do, do people know that are not from California that Riverside has no language? And it wasn't until Julie got to Newport that she learned how to... Like, <gasps> it's less than... We've all seen Encino, man. It's basically the same story. It's less than Nell. Like, she can't... People from Riverside can't even do that. They can't even tay in the wind. <laughs> they <laughs> wish they could tay in the wind. Bitch, you wish you could tay in the I wind. I meditate in the wind, sir, and you are no tay in the wind. Um, but is Ryan, to Summer and Seth, is Ryan the Marine, mm-hmm. the leader, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the brains of the operation, or is he some sort of like mascot slash rabbit's foot that sort of, they just need to know that he's in their they pocket. They his, his like steel that he brings, they, they, they fucking absorbing man it and run with it because they do the plan that they could have done without Ryan, but Ryan being there gives them courage because they are cowards because Seth is like, study for this test. I couldn't be there without you. And then just distracts them the whole time, picks up the phone instead of Seth being like, sorry, Marissa, he could just talk to you in four hours. He puts Ryan on the phone instantly. And then Summer, 
I don't really blame her that much for looking Seth up and down and saying, we need Ryan. Mm -hmm. We can't do this. Really, she's saying, you can't do this. Though Summer also could just candy stripe her way in there and grab Marissa. But I think she is getting more and more interested in Seth. Doesn't want to admit that. And a nice adventure with the four of them, it's getting the band back together. Yes. It's a good way to hang out. Uh, Summer and starts, and we'll get to Summer later, I guess, but uh, Summer starts knowing for a fact that the foursome was a fleeting Tijuana thing mm-hmm. and is now over. Much to her chagrin, though. Right. Maybe not much. A little to her chagrin. Because at registration day, her and Seth are bonding over their friend, almost dying, and then just talking, and he's like, he when he gets actual courage and goes, hey, maybe the four of us could go out, or just you and me could grab dinner. Ooh. And she thinks about it for a second until cheerleaders walk by and goes hey summer uh, and i i don't know who my mvp of the episode is but i might have to give it to three girls they might have to share it uh the cheerleaders that walk by mm-hmm. do such a good job of being so aghast at the fact and that summer could be talking cohen? to this comic-con going jufro nerd how could they? How could how she do this? Could she do this? And Summer's one of those rare girls. I don't know if you remember them from high school. You probably don't. You never talked to them. These are the girls that I hung out with. That is, it goes all the girls and then cheerleaders, and then there's another level above that. There's the one percenters who are somehow above cheerleaders. They cheer the cheerleaders. They cheer the cheer. No, the cheerleaders cheer them. The Summer football playing girls. Summer is the elite. The mm. uh, one of the few above cheerleaders. I'm so elite. I don't even need to be a cheerleader. Right. But the, but just by sitting with Seth, she started to topple. Yeah. And, and Seth, it's so crazy because Seth goes, no, I get it. One time thing. And she doesn't apologize or be like, no, that's fucking stupid. She just goes, well, right? What we know now because we're out of high school is the coolest thing to do is say, hey, cheerleaders, I'm still cool and I'm secure about having my nerdy friend. Summer's not there yet. No. She's still worried about it. But she'll get there. This is the first episode where I'm not going to scream Summer's a monster. Also, talking about privilege. Seth says, maybe we can go see a movie or Magic Mountain. These kids can just go to fucking they can just Six go Flags to whenever Mountain. they want. Well, you're you're going to just put $60 of gas in your mom's Range Rover and drive two and a half hours in the fucking heat? I bet they're not even going to bring a Coke to get half-off tickets. They're going to pay full prices. as No, teenagers. Ryan. No, no they yeah. would still Th- buy a Coca-Cola. They they're not going to fucking just try to ride the Viper full price. <laughs> Tell me that's not going to happen. I can't. I wish that I could tell you that, but I cannot tell you that. Are they going to ride the Riddler's Revenge? Was that around at this time? They don't even... They, uh, they they're don't. too rich for that. Ooh, yeah. Too rich for the Riddler's Revenge. That's insane. They're worried that the Riddler will come and steal all their oh, money. Oh, he would. Yeah. But is it is it like Frank Gorsh Riddler or is it Jim Carrey Riddler? Who's having their revenge on these rich kids? I think it's Sexy Riddler from the hit show Gotham. Oh, prescient. People at the time went, that's not anybody's Riddler they've ever seen. Wait 15 years, guys. And they didn't have Riddler's Revenge back then. This is from the past. It was called Raven's Revenge back Raven's then. Revenge yeah. the Roller Coaster, <laughs> brought to you by Gotham City. It made no sense. But Magic Mountain was just fine the little way. I don't know. If I had to pick one candy that was the most Gotham, it's Raven's Revenge. That's true. It does sound like a trade paperback some people said was great, and other people were like, it was kind of fucking derivative. Yeah, and you got about halfway through it and then left it in your bathroom for so long that the steam like wrecked all the pages, and then you're like, you know what? Just and then your away. mom finds and goes, were you jerking off to comic books? And you go, yeah, mom, but not that one. Not that one, and you mom. you run out the door and Just slam and hide in the bathroom, and we have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll actually fucking talk great. about Marissa and Ryan. Yes, this God has made that way. Marissa tells Ryan before he's been banned from the hospital. Oh, I figured it out. I understand. What? It's not the Marine. He's not the Marine. He's not the captain. He's not the mascot. He's the muscle? He's the immigrant. Mike gets the job done? What do immigrants do? They get the job done. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your line. Seth and Summer, you were right. You were right when you said they were cowards because they will always find a line to stop at. And Atwood don't play that game. And he will just get the job done. He's like a revolutionary Lancelot. <laughs> what? 
His pants are hot. That's your explanation for the other line that you just said? Lawrence, I like you a lot. Okay. Don't call me Lawrence again, but I don't know what you're... Ryan gets the job done, and Marissa needs to convince him that she did not want to kill herself. I'm glad that we're done with that rhyming thing that Do you were doing before. you... It was historical. You should know it. Do you buy Marissa? She yeah. says, "How much? I didn't want to kill myself. I just wanted to escape." Oh, for sure. I do not think that she is suicidal. I think that she is drowning. I think that she um, seeks attention in poor ways mm-hmm. that many teenagers do. I do not think that she had suicide on her mind. I also think that she's kind of a dumb dumb. Sure. And nothing bad happens to people like her, right? And we're watching the amount of pills that she took in the last episode um, and saying, "Oh, that's a clear suicide attempt." I think that she just doesn't she doesn't understand how things work and she ultimately got what she wanted. That attention? That, that attention. Airlift yeah. out of Tijuana? She doesn't want it anymore. I'm right. sure she regrets it because this attention sucks. But this attention sucks, but the new attention also includes tonight there's going to be a jailbreak and dressing up and running and hiding at dad's place. Can you believe that not like 4 episodes ago? I told a story about me trying to hook up with a candy striper and didn't save it for this episode. Why would you not save it for this episode? I'm a fucking moron. Ryan, do you have any uh, stories? I'm not doing that again. About hospitals. There's no way I'm doing that again. I always thought that you could tell. I'm working hard. (laughs) You're working hard. Do you want to do it? This is not Ryan karaoke. Why don't we quit working so hard and. What was it? Take our hats off? I don't remember the fucking great closing line. Yeah, that's my analogy for sex. Let's take our hats off, see if they fit each other. Boobies, and then just a lot of winks. So there's oh. just something in your eye, and then I stood there and winked for ten minutes straight. <laughs> I think I know why that story ended the way it did. Um, I always thought that you knew who your friends were by who helps you move. Uh huh. Right. That's how you know who's important to you. But when you move, you're actually just you're doing like this spray to all fields. I'm gonna text twenty people, and then three show up, and those become your friends. And those now you know who your friends are. But how you really tell who you're close to is. Who you call when you're in a situation like Marissa is in. Mm-hmm. And she automatically calls Ryan. Right. And so. Well, he did you, just save her life. Sure. But she could still call Jimmy Koo. That's true. Well, is, is at that point, she's not sure if Jim Koo wants her to go to San Diego. Yeah, I guess. I think that she knows. When someone like, if your mom is someone like Julie Cooper. You take everything with a grain of salt. Right. And I think that she knows that there's no way there's no way Jimmy Cooper wants her to go to San Diego. Do you know what's annoying about Julie Cooper is that she's very fucking smart and she only uses it for evil, like <laughs> some sort of Lex Luthor, because she sees the flowers and went, I thought nobody was allowed in here. I know it was him. And Marissa's like, no, it wasn't. And she's like, I'm going to talk to security. So she is very smart, but she also has that other thing about her. I guess this is the evil. She can't not throw those flowers away. Oh, yeah. Like, once she's figured like, it out, she she must put them in the trash can. Does she think Marissa will be like, they're gone. I guess my feelings are gone, too. Well, Marissa's got that trash can blindness. So if she if it's outside of the trash well, can, she can see it. If the house looks very clean, but that's only because of the service. If you look how Caitlin and Marissa treat their fucking ivory-plastered rooms, they are Trash people. They don't know where trash cans are. Just all over the place. Well, they're half Newport, half Riverside. Ugh. That's the worst combination. You are Summer. I never- You've given I Summer never, Robert so much shit, but you are ex- exactly as elitist as she is. You are what you hate. Wait, you hate what you are? So I'm Mike Gravano? I'm Mike Gravano. You can't- Identity theft? No. Mm-mm. Is that how identity theft works? You walk up to someone and say, why your I'm you now. suave and floofed up right now? I don't like it. That's my thing. Do I have my hair? Your hair is normally very flat and lifeless. Did uh, my hairline go back like three inches? In a dope-ass widow's peak? Yeah, so, sure. Everybody likes it. I look like Dracula without even trying, they say. But a hip, younger Dracula with hat and shirts. Wow. The hip, younger Dracula we've all been wanting. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania 3, you'll see. You'll see the hip, young Dracula. And he gets I, his groove back. I need to go see... Hotel Transylvania 3, or as we call it, HT3 in the biz. HT3. Just to see more of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't think I have that enough? Mm-mm. You want me to go pay the $15? Just kidding. I have a movie mm-hmm. You have pass. a movie pass. <laughs> anyway. So, Juku, I think that this is, and we may have said this in other episodes of the OCD, but this is for sure her coming out as a Disney villain uh-huh. party. Well, this is the quintessential episode, episode of the OCD. Episode of the OCD. I, nope, the OCD. Where it comes into its own. 
Uh, we don't know yet if this is the quintessential episode of the OCD. No, I don't think so. If we, we'll get there. I, what's crazy about Julie is that she she flirts with real breakthroughs. And danger. And Oh, well, she definitely flirts with danger. That's her real issue with Ryan. He is dangerous. And But there, she's talking to Marissa, and Julie's like, you were happy. And Marissa's like, you think I was happy? What are you talking? And Julie's like, you never told me. And she she says, I tried. And instead of listening to Marissa's rest of her sentence, Julie goes, I'm going to talk to security. It storms out. You, Marissa doesn't literally say this, but you can see it in her eyes. She says, bitch, I'm not happy. At some point, I'm going to scream real loud and throw pool furniture into the pool. That's how unhappy she is. Is, is that a... Uh, Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Chekhov's pool furniture? Here was the most confusing part of the episode. And I know we haven't dabbled in uh, Sandy yet. We'll get but to Sandy. Dabbled in Sandy, his favorite meal is sand dabs. Interesting. Hmm. Look that up on Wikipedia. Um, what do I look up? <laughs> sand dab Sandy question mark? Yeah. Don't ask me questions you already know the goddamn answer to. Um, I'm in. Julie says, hey, Ryan, can I talk to you for a minute? And then threatens him, calls right. him trash. And Sandy is not but four feet away. Right. Sandy Cohen doesn't let that shit happen to his son. It's also, uh, when Ryan tries to talk to her, I don't remember if it's in the beginning or at the end, the final f- frontier, but he goes, look, you're from Riverside. I'm from Chino. Yeah, that's the she end. fucking hates that he knows she's from Riverside. It's a fact. She is from Riverside. But if you say it to her, Just and this is the second it's time. It's like an insult. Yeah, you might as well call her, like, say, your mom did this. Are there facts about you that if people just say them to you, you will flip out like they're an insult? I think so. If you accurately described how handsome I am, which is very, I think that I do get a little embarrassed. You do have two human feet underneath the eight socks you wear every day. You shut the fuck up about my non-existent <laughs> feet. I float like a vampire Dracula. Like some sort of Dracula, but not a cool hip one. Julie, so let's let we're just gonna follow Marissa and Julie's arc right now, and we're gonna backtrack a lot. So Julie and Marissa have this big talk. Julie storms out, talks to the doctor, who I recognize this doctor. Did you recognize this doctor? I did from Magnolia. Yes, this is the person that puts Tom Cruise in his place in Magnolia. And here she's she's very good because Mar- she she sits down with Marissa, and Marissa's very like Solentine is like whatever. You're just gonna throw me in the clink. Wait, Marissa's already Solentine years old? Mm-hmm. Shit, I thought that she was way younger than that. It was that. a couple episodes ago it hit. And the, the, the doctor is, is very good at being like, I'm not going to throw you anywhere. We could treat you here. I'm on your side. And Marissa's not such a shitty teenager that she doesn't listen. But Julie is such a shitty mom that she doesn't listen. Julie is a bad mom. Well, yes. Is she an evil mom? Yes. She doesn't have Marissa's best interests Never. at heart? Never, never. You don't think you could. You she can't imagine if you does. were the father of a sixteen-year-old girl and all this stuff happened, and you considered getting her out of this situation. You think that that would be evil? But her first thought is not how do we deal with this. It's go away. I don't want to deal with this. Oh, first thought, best thought. Julie, because it's Julie doesn't want to figure out what's wrong. That's why when Marissa says I tried, Julie leaves. Julie doesn't want to actually grind her heels in and deal with the problem. So she's a lazy mom. She sends her away. Yeah. Well, she is from Riverside. <laughs> Is that? I bet she. That one felt bad for some reason. Uh, I bet she eats so much Arby's. Ew. She's from oh, Riverside. Just roast beef and cheddars. Ugh. Is there some sort of aioli on there? I don't think Marissa. I'm sorry. I don't think Julie is a bad mom. Uh, I evil mom. I don't think she's an evil mom. I'll buy that. You think that? Just I like th- she thinks she's good. I sh- I think that she's like a Republican. Let's say. She sets the goals, mm-hmm. and the goals I get that th- she believes in, but the problem is that she will take whatever route necessary in order to achieve the goals, and that's when the evil comes in. And, and, and she embraces her evil because that's harder than looking in yourself, because in the final f- conversation that they trick Julie into showing up at the Cohen's house, and, and Ryan's talking to her first and being like, you don't have her best interest at heart, and, she tells, and Marissa hears her and then walks in. Uh, Marissa's like, I want to live with Dad. You're not listening. You, you're... You try to help, but you're only making it worse. And Julie has a moment of humanity mm-hmm. and goes, all right, I, I, I love you. I want what's best for you. But this isn't over, Marissa. And then walks out. She like can't even stand her own one moment of humanity. <laughs> and then flies out the window. And then Marissa kisses Ryan the cheek, which is adorable. That This is our first OC intervention. Uh-huh. And there's many. So we're, many. We're about to hit many. And OC does interventions the best because it starts with 
X amount of people. Mm-hmm. But I promise people are hiding. And they will come out at all the, the perfect always, dramatic times. And people are always surprised. And it's not just for the people in the scene. It's for us. Marissa comes out at the perfect time for us. And now we there's dramatic irony going on. And we know that Marissa's know there. That she knows, but she doesn't know. And then Juku turns around. And yes, this is one of the most humanistic moments in Juku's entire OC career. And Sandy, I think we've already seen it in another episode. He loves hoodwinking people. I'm going to ask you one more time to say that person's name, and I just need you to do it normal and not like your goddamn John Travolta. I didn't try to John Travolta. I know you don't try it. Sandy. Sandy. It's, it's, my, it's Sandy. my heritage. I'm sorry that it comes out super Italian. Oh, you're from Greaseville. Sandy. <laughs> oh, my God, Sandy. Sandy loves tricking people uh-huh. for the good of all. Right. It's just his thing. I think now's the time where we should take a break and come back and dig into Sandy, who's having a parallel adventure to ride. We've been talking a lot about the kids and whatever Julie is. Let's talk about the parents. Sandy. So Ryan and Sandy parallel themes, right? They're both get their mug shots, but they hilariously say. They are entering into new worlds. New worlds. Sandy is a public defender, mm-hmm. tiny office, shitty job. Ryan's from Chino, which yeah. Chino fits inside of a tiny office and everybody only has shitty jobs. And they're going into the big time. Sandy is a lawyer at a huge firm. And Ryan walks into onto the Newport Harbor. What's it called? The, I said the Hill Academy, which is probably right. So the Harbor Hill Academy. The Harbor Hill Academy. It's right up at the Big Harbor Hill, which is a ridiculous campus. And those yeah. of you who do not live in California, please understand that those schools. That's exactly are, how we went to school. You and I went to a great, rich school. It's still paled in comparison to this paradise. This is basically a spa. Yeah, that was fucking absurd. They had like tiered lawns and swans just running a lark. And I guess only in Southern California do things run a lark. At one point, there's a sign in the middle of the school that says swimming pools and tennis courts, and no one made a Beverly Hillbillies reference. Was it just supposed to go over our heads? You know that guy who is just in the background of the Beverly Hillbillies theme song who just says things every once in a while? Uh, what, are we recording? <laughs> Stuff like that? One of the, I think one of the lines is... Texas gold. Swimming pools. Tennis courts. So that was just a weird line? I don't know. Maybe they're too young to know what the Beverly Hillbillies are. But I'm also too young. I was not alive when the Beverly Hillbillies were on, and I still know how the goddamn theme song works. Well, that's because when you were sleeping, your parents didn't have Baby Einstein. They would just play Beverly Hillbillies, (laughs) which explains so much about you, Judd. I'm half Beverly, half Hillbillies. Some sort of clampet. And I'm half Beverly because my mom's name is Beverly. We said we would never say your mom's (laughs) name. Was that too much to say? But now we just get to talk about Beverly R. And Sandy, big office, big law firm, also has like a nice gym, swimming pool, tennis courts, right? Isn't it like almost mirrored shot for shot for a while? It's mirrored shot for shot, and they, uh, and this is just because it's a fantastic show that is very well written, edited, and directed. Ryan will say a thing, and then it will cut to Sandy saying that exact mm-hmm. same thing. Which is why Ryan is the son Sandy always wanted. And there's two things going on here that Ryan and Sandy are having parallel storylines. But then also there's a lot of there's a recurring theme here about prison mm-hmm. that they both have entered prison. You know, Ryan does mention a mugshot or just teens in general are in a prison mm-hmm. of adults making. You know, adults keep them down and another one too that is more under the radar is Marissa hiding a phone and uh-huh. then making a phone call. That's something that's only in right. prison movies. She and is uh, Cooper is Julie Cooper is her warden. So, and is this the show saying that Sandy is closer to the kids than the adults because he also knows how prison works because he doesn't work how the upper crust class works, right? So he is in a prison of privilege. I think so, and I mean that's a hard message to get across. Is you know, privileged people are in prison too. 
it's 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 a hard thing to argue, but I think the show does the best it can. Yeah. For being about the fucking OC. It's much easier with Ryan because he is from Chino, but it's still he's entering into privilege. Right. And Sandy and Ryan start off the same anyway, like even from episode one, because they're both from the hood, mm-hmm. a hood, one uh, West Coast hood, one East Coast hood, that is now coming into this new arena. And Sandy, it, he gets to be our Addicts Finch again because he gets just like a cartoonish amount of cases lo- loaded at him. And Rachel's like, well, I thought you'd want to get started right away, but it's like, botched nose job. Somebody hit a tennis ball at me too hard. It's all laughable. And he's like, fuck all these people, but then does what Sandy Cohen does best and starts fucking trying those cases or trying to try them. And she gets so upset at him because she, they're in a... Not so upset that she uh, stops wanting to bang his brain No, out. well, you've met him. You've seen those brows. You know those powers. But she just sees... I guess the partners are mad because she brought him in, which is the first we've heard that because I thought the partners wanted him, but because like she was the go-between, they're mad that nobody has given him a real orientation other than here's your new ID and here's all these cases. But he starts trying to go to court, and she's like, we're in a volume business. Great Sandy crack. Like Costco. <laughs> yes, he did say that. Rachel and Sandy are on fire nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other... Like some sort of Seth and Summer. Right. It's definitely not Ryan and Marissa. Those actors and characters are incapable they are of simmers more than things. on fires. But uh, now we're jumping to the Sandy and Seth analogy mm-hmm. of that the chemistry is palpable and it's unstoppable. But we know that. Kirsten doesn't know that. Right. And she winds up at a business meeting. At a business meeting. Where, we, should we backtrack and talk about Kirsten and how she got to this business meeting? Yeah. So Jimmy comes over. And it's Jimmy Cooper, whose initials are JC. JC. Remember that for no reason. Our late great Jesus Christ walks over, and is she's like, oh, come in. Because he's like, oh, is Sandy around? Because he needs to fight Julie. Because Julie, when she's being monstrous and is oh, also saying, Marissa, go to San Diego and everyone will see you again, she's saying, soul custody, bitch. And he goes, oh, geez, I guess uh, I need Sandy's help again. That's Even pretty good, Jimmy. Screamed at him about not having a real family. And then Kirsten's like, oh, come in. I'll, I'll give him a call. And Jimmy's like, ah, I don't. I should probably stay outside. And Kirsten, great line. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. Right. But it's okay. That's the best way to handle so many awkward situations that you don't need to actually really dig into. Right. I do not want to give you approval for that awful thing mm-hmm. you did. But life sort of does go on. And despite, for people who have been as f- close as long as they have, it's not just going to fucking go away. You can't just delete that relationship. So, I they kind of disappear for me in, for a lot of the episode because the, the kids are jailbreaking. Sandy and Rachel are just bantering it back and forth, and Kirsten and Jimmy just kind of like walk from room to room. Go, is Sandy here yet? I guess we'll find Sandy somewhere. <laughs> and then towards the end of the episode, she was. It's also weird that his law firm was like, ah, he's at this restaurant. Just show up. Is he just not answering his phone? He's not answering his phone, and the law firm at 9 p.m. knows the exactly. Mexican restaurant that he's oh, at. Oh, that's Rachel's place. She takes all the new guys from the law firm there. So they walk up to this table, and Sandy and Rachel are doing their thing. And God damn it, Mike. Uh, laughing hard. His girl Friday. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, it, it, there's so many, it's a screwball comedy. Of rapport from these two. Not a single line that comes out of either one of their mouths isn't like ah, see? antagonistic in the sexiest way right. possible. And so something may be going on there. Kirsten doesn't know that though. And Rachel is pretty good at like she's obviously flirty, but at some point she's like, Me and your wife have a lot in common because after she like gives him a barb, it's like, oh. But when how you can tell who's at fault and who's not is Kirsten and Jimmy walk up, and Kirsten looks fucking unamused. Yes. And there's like, Rachel, Kirsten, Jimmy. And then everybody keeps saying Rachel's name, and she goes, I'm Rachel. And Jimmy kind of laughs, and Sandy laughs, and Kirsten's just like, boom. But Rachel seems really relaxed, which means I don't think at this point her intentions were ill. Disagree. I think that she is. more on that. Uh, I think that the game that she is playing includes Mm. being genuine to Kirsten. She can fake the funk real good i don't think she necessarily knows that she's going for sandy but i think that she thinks about him uh. like maybe when she's looking at playgirls late at night <laughs> I, I don't know what girls do 
But they look at Playgirls late at night. They look at Playgirls late at night. Just and look at, for the articles, if you're from Orange County or Southern California, then all girls look like Kirsten and Rachel. Mm-hmm. But if you're not from Orange County and you have you know more diversity and different looking people, I think it's hard not to see the fact that Rachel looks like Kirsten ten years oh. earlier. I did. I, I did not put that together. The at body all. types, the facial structure, the hair color, like Zing and Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, Kirsten, who is a straight up smoke show, straight up, can be threatened by a girl who just. The only difference is ten years more of youth. But I'll challenge you: this isn't she also nervous because she just locked lips with an old flame, and so now that planted the seed that maybe Sandy could do that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is projecting hardcore. Because can, can we cut to the conversation at the house? Let's cut to the convo. So Kirsten leaves pissed. Jimmy also leaves, and he's like, uh, I'll figure this out on my own. Yeah. And Sandy's like, oh, call me tomorrow. And Jimmy says, oh, it'll be too late by then. And then just leaves. Jimmy, <laughs> get the help. Why are you always doing the dumbest thing? He's such a fucking goober. It'll be too late by then, but I'll go figure it out. Wow. You what? Dude, you will the not kids figure, figure it out. out. You don't figure shit out. Uh, but Kirsten goes home and then does classic OC move, which is sit in the dark with a glass of wine until the other person comes home. I want to do that so bad to you. But it gets boring. In TV, it feels well, like... Do you know what helps? They didn't have smartphones back then, so it took... They didn't get bored. Not like us. They could actually just marinate and think about a thing. But the second that you hear the keys hit the door, you throw your smartphone away. If you walk in oh. and I'm on my smartphone, mm-hmm. that totally ruins the effect oh, it's of just me like, Oh, hey, <laughs> you're doing... Fuck! Just check Facebook, I guess. Uh, I hate smartphones. Is this well documented or just in real life? Just yeah, just with okay. Me. Sorry to fucking show my leg. I hate smartphones. Uh, on dates when I was a singleman, I would definitely one just check it when I go to the bathroom, and sometimes go to the bathroom just because you got a Facebook, but don't put it on the table. When they go to the bathroom, you check your phone and then hide it real quick. So when they come back, they're just like, "Oh, look at this man about town who's just like taking in the restaurant, sipping his wine." It's good. No, it's a good advice. It's a good advice. (laughs) Sorry. I got a little John Travolta there. Oh, my God. It's a good advice. Um, Yeah, but at some point, I would like to do this to each other. If we schedule it, I think that it might be a little weird. Yeah, let's not do it at the same time. But I would like for you to walk into a dark room Mm -hmm. and where I have a glass. I also don't like wine. But like if I've got a beer in my hand or like one of those foot long margaritas that you get at like novelty restaurants, it your Margaritaville re- from Las Vegas? It really ruins you. Yeah. Like, oh, we're partying in the dark, I guess. Uh so the conversation in the kitchen. Yes. What is it? Well, between Sandy and Kirsten? Yes. Um Sandy says, Look, I have to work with this woman. Sandy knows everything right. that's going on. And he's not a dum dum. No. He's like He walks in, his first line, look, I gotta work with this woman. I'm from Bronx. Uh, and so are we cool? Do we trust each other? And Kirsten says, yes, I trust you, but not really, because I saw you at that table, and also I know that you shouldn't trust me. And none of that is said, right? but it's all there. And because he goes, you painted Jimmy Cooper's house all weekend. I didn't care at all. And then she looks fucking guilty. Yeah. She might look away real quick. Which is what some, which is what great actors do every once in a while, uh-huh. or Ryan and Marissa do nonstop All in the every time. scene that they're in because they're always guilty. Ryan, we have to take a break right the fuck now. <laughs> Can we ride? Ryan, what, dude? What? We've talked. Why do you want to talk to me about all of the things? Because you're my best bud, bud. Handle something on your own. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do Audience, that. Mike, Mike, please don't do that. We have talked so about lonely. a lot so of lonely. things. Julie's motives, Marissa's motives, Ryan's priorities, <laughs> the lessons, the trials and tribulations of Sandy and Kirsten. But we have not talked about what's possibly the most important thing about this episode. Ryan, can you give me one guess? 
It is Velcro. The introduction of... Captain Oates. It is fucking Captain Oates, boy! So, I'm never going to put you in the cry corner again. This is the first appearance of Captain Oates. If, if OC, OC episodes were comic books, this episode would be worth so, so much, much money. money. You want to send this to that company that puts it in a plate and like give it a, like a 9.8 out of 10 on the mint condition score? Yes. Because this is the first goddamn appearance of Captain Goddamn Oates. This is Amazing Spider-Man number eight, where we meet Dr. Octopus. Now, there's a thing that we don't know yet about Summer. And so I will not bring that up. Okay. We'll talk about that later. But I loved Summer's dabbling, sitting on the fence of, this is adorable, you're a nerd. Oh, Summer... And not, and yeah, Should I, we maybe, explain who Captain Oates is? Summer is... And then never, never, go to our graves. Summer is MVP of this episode. She... I think it's it was always in her, but she hung out with Seth for one weekend and went, oh, I could fucking run circles around this guy and started fucking just screwball and banter left and right. Uh, but let's explain who Captain Oaks is. Captain Oates is one of those toys, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Okay, I'm, just because it doesn't move. There's no articulated joints doesn't mean it's not a toy. But like I look back on toys. You know, I understand movies. I understand video games. But toys and action figures to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes toys are just a horse that is in one position. It's a statue. Yeah, that you it's play a little with. plastic statue. And you play with it? Look, I know you grew up richer than I did, and apparently there's like these My, bookends uh, of poor kids, rich kids. Most homeless people are richer than you, how you grew up. Because they find the fucking fish they eat in one hit and they play xylophone on their ribs? Yep. I've never been able to do that. I had a lot of stationary toys. They were brontosauri and tyrannosauri because I was a cool kid. And by stationary, you mean pads of paper that says pads of from paper. the desk of microphone <laughs> From the desk of Tyrannosaurus Rex. What do you... So you would send letters as a toy dinosaur? Yeah, as a toy dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. Look, I said one thing a little weird. You don't have to call it out every time. Uh, I had... What, what thing were you upset? Like, some kids have trains, some kids have planes, some kids have automobiles. What were you obsessed with as a My kid? My VHS copy of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> that tracks for who you are. And the action figure set? I, at a very early age, was obsessed with, and it's, I mean, it's hard because, you know, I'm older, and, like, that stuff has sort of gone away. It's not really around anymore, but I was obsessed with um, the characters of the Marvel Universe, and so what that was, it it was like, you know, like, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, like, this- Snyderverse. The Snyderverse, (laughs) so you're familiar. You know about Detective Comics comics? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. there was a different one that had other characters, like uh, Spawn. There was a Spawn, and there was a Cerebus, and there was a Green Lantern, and a Ninja oh, Turtle. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And they were all on a team together? Yeah. And they had to fight that kid's brother to get off drugs. And the crazy, t- the crazy thing about the time where I grew up is that I was obsessed with these characters, and so I wanted all of the stuff. I wanted pajamas and lunchboxes mm-hmm. and wallpaper and posters and toys, and they were hard t- to find. They weren't everywhere. Do you? Do Can you, you ever, imagine that world? Do you every once in a while just wake up and giggle to whisper to five-year-old you how great life is? Oh, for sure. The fact that Rocket Raccoon is Rocket in raccoon. movies is yes. almost above the credits. <laughs> Oscar Rocket Raccoon winner, Bradley Cooper uh-huh. plays Rocket Raccoon. What a time to be alive! Bradley Cooper, Julie Cooper, Marissa Rocket Cooper, Ra- Rocket ah! Cooper. The Coopers have very Stop little... Stop diarrheeing. The Coopers you just have, started diarrheaing. <laughs> I got so excited. The Coopers have very little Jimmy traits. Do we think Julie maybe cheated with Bradley? Oh, They for have sure. a lot of Bradley Cooper traits. Well, she's from Riverside, so she for sure fucked a raccoon at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Riverside's fine. It's fine. We've got to take it too far. It's a fine city for fine people. Seth and Summer. Captain Oates is that horse. He doesn't move. Wait, Captain Oates. It's probably Captain Edward Oates. CEO, Captain EO. He's the Captain EO of the room. That horse is the Captain EO. Uh, A great Seth Summer banter is he is playing with Captain Notes or reading comics. He's just hanging out in his bedroom uh, like he used to do before Ryan showed up. And he hears a knock at his door and he goes, go away, mom. I'm studying naked. Summer hasn't even ended yet or entered yet. Uh, (laughs) And she goes, ew. And he goes, no, come in. And Summer makes some very great digs about him and his family. And they have a back and forth, and this is when she's introducing Ryan, uh, Seth that they need Ryan. But it's also, Seth is a coward because it's clear she probably could be kissed right in that moment. But 
They start to run out the door. He grabs her, pulls back, and he goes, that's my bed. I just wanted you to know. There is an endearing, it's not the creepy Seth we've seen in other moments. Right, and he did refrain from saying this is where the magic happens, which I really appreciate. If you have seen any episode of MTV Cribs, he had no Scarface poster and did not point at his bed and call his weird, lame sex where the magic happens. And he didn't open a fridge of all Smirnoff or whatever. Real quick, I don't want to sound a pervy here. Sound a pervy. But... I do want to talk about uh, Seth is wearing jeans and a t-shirt, uh-huh. and it's probably some joke t-shirt that I don't understand. Because start not, a band, I'm use not three yeah. chords. I yeah, know that's a Seth shirt for sure. Summer is wearing uh, like high heel sandals, mm-hmm. the shortest skirt ever, mm-hmm. and a pink top that uh, really, you really have this memorized. Puts the girls in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, is that like what you remember high school girls wearing? Kind of is like, this the OC taking things a little bit too far? A little too far, but it, it is forever since immortalized in 90s stand-up comedy that guys can wear doofy shit or by fucking share in Clueless. Guys can wear greasy t-shirts, put on a backwards hat, and go, and girls get dressed up. She doesn't want to be a traitor to her generation, but guys don't have to look like they just rolled out of bed every day. I agree. I hate when I roll out of the bed all day and then get compliments, and girls don't get to do that. Do you ever wish you could wear makeup? I mean, we could wear makeup. Well, if, if, if you want that, girls, get dressed up like it's the prom before you go to sleep. Go to sleep. Wake up perfect. It's not that hard. Life hack. Hashtag life hack. You do do that every day. You wake up just in the fucking tailed tuxedo. And you look great, my friend. Perfect Thank bedhead. You. Thank you. How long does it take for you to get that perfect bedhead? Oh, uh, Josh Hartnett style? Uh-huh. The king of the bedhead? He, uh, do you know why I like Josh Hartnett? Because bedhead has taken me like messy spikes but his was a weird bowl cut, and there'd be like just sideways straight. It was legit bedhead. <laughs> Him and the faculty ruled. I would say every morning I spend uh, 45. Every morning you spend Don't 45. sugar rate me, dude. Uh, I spend 45 or 50 hours trying to get that perfect bedhead. That's, I'm impressed you fit so many hours in that morning. Plus, it's hard for me because I, uh, I have to get redhead bedhead. Which is harder. Right. I do think that summer, one, kicks it up a notch even more than normal Newport girls. But yeah, I do remember... And that's when you hit college and everybody suddenly starts dressing like a bum. And then guys go, oh, girls look good in sweatshirts and pajamas. Because everybody looks good comfy, bro. I wish you weren't so progressive and douchey at the same time. <laughs> that's my brand. I, I Have we covered everything? Have we covered the snobbiness of school enough that fucking uh, Dr. Kim says... I, those that aren't bred for USC go to Harvard or Yale. It's pronounced Dr. Kim. That's what I said. You said Dr. Doom. It's Dr. Kim. <laughs> Every doctor is doomed to she me. She didn't walk out with a green... She's no Elon Musk. ...hood and cape. And one of the biggest problems with me becoming a villain is that my cape and hood are separate. I need to get the whole ensemble going. Yeah, because people will think you're a hero because you're just in that cape, and then you throw the hood on and they go, oh, I was tricked. Are we out of time? Should we go to speed round? Yeah, speed round me. Okay. Uh, first of all, recurring theme, lunch. How often is Lunch mentioned in this episode? Oh, Sandy doesn't come home for lunch. Let me go see what Ryan wants for lunch. Everyone's talking about lunch. And you want to try it out for once in your life? Yeah, I think I want to try this new mid-breakfast dinner thing. Is that you separate from brunch? It's just just the burger part of brunch? At one point, uh, Marissa asked Ryan if uh, she did a good job acting. Mm-hmm. No, neither one of you ever do. No. Uh, what, how many Luke rehabs have we done at this point? Luke! Let's fucking talk about Luke. We've done two so far. And Luke, it's... This he, is the third and eight episodes. He goes to apologize to Marissa because she tried to not try to, but tried to kill herself. And Ryan doesn't punch her. Cool job, Atwood. And he and Luke, like, looks, he's torn, and he's like, well, your mom, and she's like, we're trying to leave. He goes, leave, and then he goes, go the other, go, the stairs are that way. They fucking know, Luke. They don't need your fucking help. What they want is a non-distraction. Right. Don't do the Luke Ryan fucking pissing contest uh-huh. that we're so Just used to. Just get out of the way. And so what he does is say, I am backing your guys' program right, right now. Luke Rehab, number that three. Is good. And it's because you think he's going to distract the other Dr. Doom and Julie, but Summer's already doing a fucking great job. She's so good. MVP of the episode of a bit very believable, up her own butt teenager. Summer is a hospital volunteer. And then also in this episode mentions how she's read Madame Bovary like 35 Five times. times. So she's also, we're making her smarter too. We're now in the era of summer. It's fucking, it's, it's. Do you remember that girl from the first episode who would just say Chino ew, Chili Dogs ew? Well, talking about, we talk about real life every once in a while on this show. I knew 
a gal who was a cheerleader who I only knew in class and class projects, and she was super ditzy cheerleader and then we'd go to history projects and she would school all of us and i'd be like what the fuck and we got closer and eventually i went you you know you're allowed to look smart in front of other people it's one of the most realistic things this show has done it turns out sometimes god does give with both hands the other thing is weird too is god jerks off with both hands he's you ever freak. known one of those guys no i think this is the episode that is most like somebody signing your yearbook the show saying have a great summer have a kick-ass summer stay cool um Hulu doesn't work great on my TV, and so there's a lot of slowdown on the internet, <laughs> and you can't believe how much more dramatic this episode was, because <laughs> when people would go to, like, hug or something, Hulu would slow down, and it was awesome. Um, Juku, the Dragon Lady, or Julie Cooper, the Dragon Lady, is something that Sandy says, and I really like that. This is our first <laughs> mention of Sandy's eyebrows. Finally, really? someone brought it up. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. And I bet Ryan was like, why is nobody talking about this? This is our second or third mention, but we did not focus on it on the show last time, of Seth's Fetch. Minty. Minty. And I can't remember him saying it before, but this this gave us Minty. It was, you guys are the pirates. And he goes, yeah, I know. It's Minty. It's a bit Minty. So, what does that mean? But, well, based on how he said it, let's let's dive into this. Because I, th- I think that we now have to bring this back. If uh, Not on the show, then in real life for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it seems, or it's fresh, even though that's what uh, it would, that word would entail. But I think it is cheesy. It's cheesy. Yeah, it's cheese dick. That uh, yeah, I know that pirates. That's that's sort of cheesy, but oh, I really took it as like problematic. I thought Minty meant problematic because pirates are like rapers and pillagers. <laughs> and Seth might be very progressive. I do like the fact that we have moved on with the pillaging. We don't care anymore. The raping pirates. The raping has to Guys, stop. You gotta stop. Pillage to your hearts. Content. You know what? If you want to double up the pillage, that's cool. But Double pillage? Yeah, I think that it's okay. Two pillars of pillage? If they stop raping, then I think that's fine. But we always said that. Like, pirates are great. They're characters that kids are into because they just rape and pillage. And Vikings. How many fucking school mascots are just rapists? Oh, yeah. And we just try to cover it up. Right. Bear, I don't want to get started on bears. <laughs> do you know what the fuck they do in the woods? Uh, yet a thing. Yeah, another thing that, like, pillages, and we're all fine with it. Just but pillaging those honeys. Bears rape. I, that sentence made me so upset. What? You think Big Bear, <laughs> uh, California City, is going to come down on us? The Big Bear lobby? Well, it's Big Bear is just a giant stone bear mountain. You might wake it up with those fucking lies. Are we done? More I, speed round. Speed round. I've got speed one more big thing to say. Minty. Uh, yeah. So we're going to start using Minty in honor of Seth. Um, and the final thing, if we're out, like, are we going to an outro soon? Soon. Okay. Uh, I cannot believe how great this episode was following TJ. Mm-hmm. And it was a clearly following TJ episode. Yes. Like, they really pulled back, and they dealt with the ramifications of what happened last week, mm-hmm. or in their world, last night. But the amount of stuff that happened, how funny it was, the amount of chemistry that they're developing between the characters is this show is known, if it's known at all, for its plot, plot, plot. Like, they really push the plot right. pedal to the limits at all times. Sophie! But... In an episode like this, where it's it, it's it's just not the TJ episode, it still can come out shining. And I would think in a lot of ways, not all the ways, because I did declare TJ the best episode in the series history, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways doing things better than last episode. Well, yeah, because you have you can you can slow down even while you're doing costume changes and two jailbreaks, because Ryan does get broken out of his test and then breaks Marissa out of a hospital and then ends up taking the test again. Which, okay. All right, OC. <laughs> I guess. I don't cool. know. If if you then explain, because Dr. Doom, Dr. Kim is a reasonable woman. Dr. Kimberly Doom. Do- Dr. Kimberly Doom. And I think if you're like, hey, my almost girlfriend did almost kill herself and I had to go to the hospital. I I think Dr. Kim would be cool with that. And I got to say that Sandy, Kirsten, and Ryan all kill it on the Dr. Kim front. Right. Uh, Just not Seth. Kirsten is a little fresh with her. Like, Kirsten rolls her eyes at Dr. Kim in the office. Like, she's a little weird, but Ryan's saying, like, I can't control my past, but I can control my future. And then Kirsten looks over at Dr. Kim, like, what up now, lady? And Ryan gets a great line, and Ryan's not known for his wit. No. Just his punches. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, he mouths off, and that's Ryan's superpower is mouthing off to adults people are scared of. And Dr. Kim says, like, if you fail your self-confidence, he's like, if you don't even let me try, what do you right. think that'll? And it's like, that's a good fucking line, It's Ryan. a really good point. And I love when adults do that. They're like, oh, shit. 
I thought oh, you were shit. an idiot teenager, but that's a really good point. But my biggest problem, though, is that when Ryan left the test, mm-hmm. he said, sorry, Dr. Kim, uh, I guess I'm not harbor material. And then as he's leaving, he runs straight up the wall onto the ceiling, goes whoop, 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 and then throws three smoke bombs and then disappears. And the just, smoke fades into an H, so maybe he is harbor material. Just leave, Ryan. Like, Yeah. You or don't explain have to the situation. Exit. Yeah. Uh, there is no magical music moment in this. It's the one lacking in this episode. There's no big musical hit. It's very strange. It feels jarring. Mm-hmm. Do you have any Sandy wisdom? The Sandy wisdom, I guess, if I have to, is to talk about, like, that first scene or the uh, at the beginning where he's in the hospital and just lets Juku talk to Ryan like that. Fucked up, Sandy. Not cool. But towards the end, I think he keeps a really good rein on Ryan mm-hmm. in the oh, yes. Juku intervention and says, Ryan, shut up. Ryan, that's disrespectful. And then Oh, Ryan, he plays his role very yeah, well. Yeah, and then Ryan says a third thing that's a really good point. Even though it's a little bit snotty, it's a little bit teenager, but Sandy goes to stop him and then says, no, wait, good point, Ryan, and then looks at Juku. Uh, and leading, I think the actual line of Sandy Wisdom is leading up to that scene, and it's a bit arch because he is quoting Rachel. Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Uh, and he's, Ryan's like, what do we do? And he goes, you don't want to go to court. You'll want to settle. And it's arch wisdom, but it's also showing Sandy has learned a thing or two. It's always nice when the people dispense wisdom can also learn, Ryan. So Sandy is not racist. That is what we've learned. I Because races can't learn. They know all of the Races can't learn. Riverside's fine. Those are all the things we've learned today. So many lessons. Shit's a little minty. (laughs) Thank you to the Holophonics providing our fucking dope-ass music. I sing it all the time. It makes me happy. You're not singing Phantom Planet. You're specifically no. singing. Fuck Phantom Planet. All right. Fuck Jason Schwartzman and the horse he rode in on. Probably from Riverside. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah. Website. Website. Yourpotfilter.com is where you can go to get this podcast and all of our other podcasts and all of your brand new opinions about how you feel about pop culture. Yourpotfilter.com. All those podcasts include the Superhero Hour Hour, where our buddy Taylor leads us through every single TV show based on a comic book. Each and every week. Movie of the year, where me, Mike, and our good friend Greg tackle one year at a time trying to figure out what is the single greatest, most representative movie of that year. Movie of the year. There's also Writer's Block, where I sit down with writers of all genres and try to fucking squeeze their brain sponges to get some knowledge. There's also Taylor talking Taylor, or as I call it, T-T-T-T! Yeah, that's the acronym, right? It's just T-T-T-T! Uh, where Taylor sits down with himself, typically, and talks about some famous Taylor that isn't him. The second most famous Taylor, because I believe that he is the first. You should subscribe to all those shows, and please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It very much helps us out. The subscribing is for you, because yes. now you get those presents for free. Now you don't have to go to the iTunes store every day and go, did a new one come out? We'll just fucking show up in your feed. Or our pot. you don't have to go to our website that we spent so much time and money on. You can just ignore that thing altogether. The rating and reviewing is for us. Please, please do it. Tell your please friends do to do it. it. It helps us out a lot. Why would you not do it? Because you're fucking minty. Just stop being minty stop and being fucking minty. review. Maybe review and say we should use minty more often. Don't be minty. Be fresh. Do you, would you rather be minty or fresh? Let us know on a Twitter poll that will soon come out. Our Twitter is at YourPopFilter. Or just scream in all caps about us at Facebook.com slash YourPopFilter. Is that how the Facebook's working now? It's all caps all the time? I think so. Yeah? I really think so. It's a horrendous place. I think that fa- that means that Facebook is much like uh, where uh, baseball players uh, keep their hats. Like what, how you, it, the It's dugout? all caps. It's a dugout? Yeah. Bobbleheads? Denny's know. in the 90s when you got ice cream and a cap? <laughs> Everything you say is like a line from a Harvey Dangerfield song. <laughs> You're paranoid, Ryan. No, it's not. What the fuck else are we talking about? Tell me about? to talk about something, dude. Amazon. All right, your popfilter.com slash Amazon. Please make that your new Amazon bookmark. Nothing changes in your life except for that six-second chore that we gave you. You will get to still shop online as much as possible, but again, it supports the show. If you hate rating and reviewing podcasts, and it seems like everybody does, do this one instead. If you're looking for other ways to support uh, the greater Your Pop Filter family, we do have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. If you've never heard of Patreon, you choose a monthly amount you would like to pay us, and we will give you little things. There's a dollar, there's a $5 a month, which I think is the best year. For $5 a month, you'll get extra shows. You'll get shows early sometimes. You'll get longer movie of the years. There's all kinds of fun shit. 
check out patreon.com slash filter. Ryan. Yeah. Is there any visual ways you can enjoy us? Yes. Please go visual. Uh, YouTube, right? You're, okay. <laughs> so uh, if you search for your pop filter on YouTube, what you will get is a bunch of very short, very funny clips that have our podcast added with images. And my God, if you thought podcasts were great, wait till you get a load of this. If you are pro Juku, if you have no idea why we call her Juku, contact at yourpopfilter.com. Send that little email in the subject line. Well, this is the OCD bitch. Well, it'll get to the right people. Intern Steve will send to the right people. If what, 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 Why would they call us? What, give us a reason. I think that they would call us to tell us what segments this the OCD Ooh. is not doing. So if you think that there should be a segment called Minty or Sprinty, which is it's either cheesy or I want to run towards it, then pitch that. Call 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. He's our robot associate. And pitch us that segment, and we'll do your segment. Only and we will not give you segment. credit. Never. No, we but will. you'll know, and you get to brag to your friends. You get to brag to your friends. Isn't that what life is all about? It is. Next week, school starts. Oh, in episode nine. <laughs> school starts episode nine. Until then, stay minty. Wait, don't? I don't remember who's good or bad. California! California!